and Amy and Kristen. And for the first time, we're recording this podcast, not all in the same room, which is a little sad for all three of us because we actually have fun when we get to see each other and do this together. But if you've tuned in before, you know, we live about, I live about two hours away from them. And so this week, in order to get this podcast out in a timely matter, week, manner, we had to do it via Zoom. So um, hopefully we're, this is going to go out off without a hitch. Don't trust us with technology, but we just know. <laughs> <laughs> we always have our little producer Anderson to try to fix it for us. So Today, if you if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the Just Think Podcast. It's the podcast where we encourage you to join us in a conversation and to think critically around the events that are affecting all of us, our current events that are that are happening. And we just wanted to invite people into conversations we have been having, especially over the last year. And to encourage people, not tell them what to think. We feel like we've been told what to think so much and to a degree where we started to realize that some of the things we were being told to believe, we were finding weren't even true. So this podcast is dedicated to not telling you what to think, but to just encourage you to think, to ask hard questions, to not blindly trust every source of information and to dig a little deeper to find the truth. So if you've joined us in previous podcasts, we've talked about a lot of different things. And we've, we thought that with this week's podcast, maybe we would go in a new direction and talk about a new topic entirely. But as science unfolds, as information <laughs> unfolds, we can't escape it. We can't leave it. We can't leave it. <laughs> we hope to leave it next week, but we can't leave the C word just yet because now there is a D word. The D word. D word. Gotta love it. <laughs> And here's what we've realized, guys. We've realized, if you listened to us last week, we talked about not knowing what sources of information to trust. We actually referred to an undercover expose of a CNN technical, I don't know if he's a technical director, I'll check and tell you real quick, but um, we, we referred to this. We thought we would kick off this podcast by actually playing an excerpt for you to hear for yourself. We want, we're playing it because it's going to play into exactly what we uh, are going to discuss on today's podcast and why we think it's that important, because here's what we want to be clear about. We do not want to make you afraid. We don't believe that there is any reason for any of us to live in fear. We want you to be informed, just like mm -hmm. we want to be informed. We don't have all the answers. We won't pretend to. We are three American women digging for truth, just like many of you, but we have enough information to know that we will not promote fear. We're also not going to live in it. So we're going to kick it off and let you hear from Charlie Chester, a technical director from CNN who thought he was on a date. Bless his heart. Bless. Bless. Charlie was in fact being recorded. And because he works for CNN, he gives us insight into what goes on behind the scenes from one of America's historically trusted news sources. It's one that we've referred to. We don't trust any of them. Definitely don't trust this one. So take a listen. So I'm going to just pause for a second and just start you off by telling you what he said here. He said COVID gangbusters with ratings, right? Which is why they're talking about it. Take a listen. 
which is why we kind of play the death toll on the side, which I have a major problem with that we're tallying how many people die every day. Because I've even looked at it and be like, look at it and be like, let's make it higher. Like, Okay, what he's saying is the death toll ticker that we saw all through 2020. He said he, he even found himself saying, hey, how can we make it higher? Let's make it higher. And uh, listen to what he says to those thoughts. Why isn't it high enough, you know, today? Like, it would make our point better if it was higher. It would make our point better if it was higher. And I'm like, what am I rallying for? That's a problem. Yeah. We're doing that, you know? Like the special red phone ring. Yeah. And they pick it up. And it's like ahead of the network being like, there's nothing that you're doing right now that makes me want to skip. So they're saying it's not keeping viewers. What they were doing at different times during this whole event was not keeping viewers. So he wanted them to present news that made them made viewers want to stick. Put the numbers back up because that's the most enticing thing that we had. Put the numbers back up. It's the most enticing thing we had. So put it back up. So like things like that are constantly talked about. I mean. There's no such thing as um, unbiased news. Any reporter on CNN, what they're actually doing is they're telling the person what to say. It's always like leading them in a direction before they even open their mouth. And the only people that we let on the air, for the most part, are people that have a proven track record of taking the bait. He just said the only people that they put on air, and again, CNN technical director Charlie Chester, are people who will play the game with them. That as these reporters lead them with the narrative they want them to speak to, they really are only inviting people who historically will follow the narrative with them. That's why. Okay. That's all right. But it does say it on there, and we could even put it um, in our links. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll, they can see he all. does. He says, if it bleeds, it leads. Also, side note, he says, that um, now that the fear, now that they're kind of, you know, the fear is subsiding with COVID, that they need to move on to something else and it's going to be climate change. Mm -hmm. So just be on the lookout for that. Yep. <laughs> Which, yeah, that, that's exactly right. And I do that's think- That's their, ne their next fear-based focus for uh, their narrative. Mm -hmm. So when they found out that people like us, um, and when I say people like us, I just mean people who are paying attention, right? Who, I think all three of us said that, you know, where we may have blindly trusted a lot of people to give us the truth. Now we've all ended up in this place where we don't. So now we're asking the questions. We look at data. We, we're, we're really trying to look from scientists. And, and by the way, let me just say, science is not unbiased either, right? Now, now, the facts of science can be unbiased, but whoever's presenting the science also can have a bias. We've seen that time and time and time again mm -hmm. with doctors or scientists saying one thing here and doctors and scientists saying one thing here. So I think, again, it's about trying to figure out which one is, we believe in following the yellow brick road, right? Which is where does the money lead? If a, if a person has a vested interest in a specific outcome, then that is what they're going to, we, we, we've talked about this with how the brain works. They're gonna have a vested interest in presenting that side. That's what bias, which we all have, and the three of us always share where our biases are. You know, you're going to look for information that supports your bias. What we're gonna challenge you to do, look for evidence that actually doesn't support your bias. That's you know what, that's kind of hard. 
I mean, it's really hard because, you know, I was sitting here thinking there, there are things that, you know, things started to not make sense over 2020. I think we've already all agreed and said that when things stopped making sense, we were started looking for the truth and it was not easy to find. It's not Mm -hmm. gonna be like we said in our last podcast, the top Google search article. You really do have to um, put time and effort into pushing past the information you're presented on a surface level to get real information. And people talk about the rabbit hole, but like you, you actually do have to dig holes to find you know, the truth right now, you, you have to dig, you know, I mean, so, you know, they, they associate rabbit holes with like conspiracy theory, but like, it's because so much is biased right now. Like, where is the truth? And it's, it's so hard. You have to go deeper. Right. You guys, I saw a quote today that made me laugh and said, do you know what the difference is between the truth and a conspiracy theory? About right. six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, love that. It's, I, mean, I mean, Hey, I don't disagree. Clearly there's some that are not, that's not the case, but, um, but there are, there, you know, there are a lot that, that, for example, the, the Wuhan lab, we've talked about these things, you know, the things that people said, nope, that's not true. There's no way that's true. And then now we kind of know probably is true. Um, my, uh, my computer is saying that it needs to be plugged in. So I'm going to start this conversation off while I grab my charger. Cause I can't believe I did not do that before we started hitting the court, but we wanted to call, we're going to probably call this podcast the D word because now out now is this new Delta variant. And again, we want to tell you, they said from the beginning, this virus will mutate like all viruses do, right? The flu virus, all the viruses mutate. Now we've been seeing, they've made a big to do about India, how they were having so many issues because of the, the Delta variant. And um, that is, if I turn on my TV right now, everything is about being afraid of the Delta variant. So girls, let's talk about what is the Delta variant and what, what do we have to be concerned about here? Well, I think what they're, I mean, they're just naming these different variants and like, we just need to know that viruses mutate and, and we know that that's why we get, uh, that's why they have a different flu vaccine every year, you know? And I think one of my first questions was, okay, if we knew about this in India, then uh, why didn't we do something about it then like to stop the control? Like my, one of my first questions was, okay, if every United States, every person coming to the United States needs a negative COVID test before they get here, then how is it so prevalent? You know, that's one thing. It's like the first way to stop an infection is contain it. Right. You know, and this is our it. second chance, right? Like, right. We I mean, saw like what didn't we learn with, with COVID? Uh, <laughs> we try to stop travel. There's issues with all that. that. Um, but, but anyway, you know, and now it's like, okay, here's the Delta variant. We're seeing it in this, these other countries. Here's a chance to get it right this time. Right guys. Right. And then also, we also have to know that like, even though they keep talking about the Delta variant, all this stuff and scaring everybody because it's so much more contagious, so much more transmissible. I'm not denying that. I'm, I, I, I guess it is because they're always saying it and they're showing it, proving it, whatever. But it's not, that doesn't mean it's more severe. That doesn't mean that it's more deadly. And I think that's the thing is that it's all this media and like the psychology of it, you know, like, and just the fear mongering, if it bleeds, it leads. So now it's like everybody was getting a little bit more comfortable now that they're vaccinated or there's the option that if you can get the vaccine, you've got it. If not, then, you know, that's what the gamble you take or whatever. But now they've come around. Oh, 
well, now everybody's comfortable or getting more comfortable. What else can we do to scare them? Yeah, I mean, they, that's, they, I mean well, they, this is my opinion. Well, they set us all up <laughs> but for it's 2020 awesome. to have that fear and to, to be, you know, psychologically like, you know, affected by all of this. I mean, all of us have been. And so now they know that it's just like when you start talking about a variant, people's minds are going to go right back to March, 2020. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, oh, we're going back to double masking. We're going back to like, oh my God. Oh my God. Back. And transmissible does not mean more deadly. Well, and here's the, so what, so what's the ultimate goal here, right? Is the ultimate goal to wipe out COVID completely? Is that what they think is going to happen? That if we do, if we all get vaccinated, are we going to wipe out COVID completely? I mean, certainly I guess that would, that's probably well, what have we ever wiped out the flu? completely yeah. by getting vaccinated. No. I mean, no. Like and, and of course, we've never had mandatory flu vaccines, but that's also because the flu vaccine has been, in some seasons, been, what, 10% effective, I think, one year. It was so right. bad. Like it, because they create it in February for a, for a flu season that is months and months and months away. And I get that they're saying, well, this is different technology. It's also untested, unproven technology with the mRNA vaccines. We know they're still only approved under emergency use only. We don't know long-term effects of that. Um, I think so far they feel like it's doing an effective job of, of helping slow the, um, the, you know, the infection rate of COVID uh, is what they're telling us. But I think it's slowing more like even the hospitalization and death rate, which is great for the people who are more at risk. That's fine. If you, so, but here's what I'm going to um, ask. So what do you do? What are you going to, what is, is the goal, mandatory vaccines of every American when we already have shown the VAERS reporting, it did jump to 9,000 deaths reported through VAERS, over 9,000 deaths reported through VAERS um, as of this week, right, from the vaccines. Now that's with millions and millions of people vaccinated. So obviously very, very, very low risk of death. Like if we're looking at that, those statistics, but that's 9,000 lives lost, some of whom perhaps would have fared um, we, I mean, I, that's a very blanket statement, but some of the age groups, right. some of the people who died from this were age groups that would not have necessarily died. I mean, they were not at high risk of COVID. Is that right. fair to say? Right. That, yes. I think that's a, I think that's a common sense point to make. Um, so again, high risk, that's some, these are people that might want to consider, you know, their options. The three of us have stated this before, we're healthy. We eat healthy, we work out. We are not overweight. We have no comorbidities. Um, I mean, Kristen has shared that she has an autoimmune disease. I have shared that I've had blood clots. And um, therefore, I both of us would be advised not to take uh, necessarily take the vaccine. And we're going to roll the dice on getting COVID. We're going to say, hey, you know what? If we get COVID, we now know what to do. So to revisit previous podcasts, ivermectin. Right. So like and you look and we're not sitting here just touting just ivermectin. There's a lot of uh, therapies out there, you know, hydroxychloroquine, like, I mean, yeah, it, there's been so dexamethasone, which is a steroid, like all these things, like there's so much else and that yet they're only pushing one thing. Okay. But I want to point out, I listened to um, Dr. Corey, Dr. Pierre Corey, you should look him up. And we also have links to this um, as well. He was on the Joe Rogan uh, podcast, but he's also a, a member of the FLCCC.net, this organization, a COVID care alliance, basically. Um, so he was talking about Mexico and they were apparently in terrible condition in December of 2020. All right. They started testing. They did a nationwide test and treatment. So for every 
patient that was tested positive for COVID, they were offered ivermectin. And I think it was like just two days of treatment. I swear, I think that's what he said. So don't mark my words, but we'll have that clip. He said within two weeks, within two weeks of this, y'all, hospitalizations and death rates plummeted. And he said, and over the next three months, um, they, let's see, they, uh, they took, those who took the meds, they decreased hospitalizations by 75%. And he said, and this was when the vaccination rate was one to 5%. So this was not because of the vaccinations. This was before vaccinations. And it's like, why isn't this on the news? Why isn't anybody talking about this? I'm not saying this is the miracle cure, although what we've been seeing and hearing is that like it can be a preventative, it can be an early treatment, it could be a late treatment, and it could even help with long haul COVID symptoms. It can even help with people who have been vaccinated and have those long haul type symptoms. So it sounds very amazing. Now, and a lot of it is a combination of medications. So don't think that it's just this one, but why do we have to go to a telemedicine doctor, like American frontline doctors, just to get a prescription for that? Why can't our physicians prescribe it? And aren't we Why aren't we more, talking about this? More, more deaths of vaccinated people with the Delta variant, right? And yes. Okay. So check. We talk about that too. Yes. This is so nuts. So I went to PolitiFact, you know, because they, they are positioned themselves as the fact checkers. Although um, I don't know if you guys follow all sides media, um, but I, I've been very intrigued by all sides. It tries very hard to, to not just to present all sides, all narratives around a current event. And it will even, I believe it was all sides that will tell you how left or right um, each of the news sources is being considered based on the stuff that they're putting out there. Um, PolitiFact tends to go left. I think, I think that's fair to say on, uh, on this podcast and, and full disclosure, okay? They tend to go left according to these sources that rate them. It was very interesting PolitiFact took a statement that they found on Instagram that talked about how the Delta variant um, and is, uh, they were saying that um, there was, that the death rate from, was it, girls, what was it? Let me go back and look. I don't want to lose my place here because um, I'm going to have to scroll back. But let me just go back and read it to you. I just remember you were reading it to us, right? The Delta variant, yeah, the Delta variant of the coronavirus is approximately 19 times less deadly, okay? And PolitiFact goes through and talks about why they think it's misleading, okay? And basically, it's it's math. It's not to say that it's not less deadly. They never once say it's not less deadly. They just say, yeah, the math isn't exactly right on this based on X, Y, and Z. You can go check it out for yourself. That part's not really relevant to the point I'm making here. It was Public Health of England, though, that put out some data that did show that the Delta variant is not as deadly from all the facts that they've been able to acquire up to this point as, as the original coronavirus. And I've read other uh, immunologists and, and scientists who've said you know, a lot of times the, the variants aren't as deadly, okay? But what was so interesting to me is as I'm reading through this, I, I, I was literally... I couldn't believe that I was reading this. I thought, why doesn't, why aren't we talking about this little piece of information that they put in here? Um, and this is what it says. As of June 21st, 117 people in England had died with the Delta variant, including 44 who were unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. 117 people in England died of the, of the Delta variant. 
44 weren't vaccinated, which means most who died with a Delta variant were vaccinated. <laughs> make it make sense. It make is, it make sense. It's in PolitiFact, which is trying to debunk that the Delta variant, you know, the, yes. how, how dangerous is the Delta variant? Well, okay. If more people who died of the Delta variant in England had been vaccinated. Now, we don't say that to scare you because no, but, it's, then, but when you say safe and effective, everybody needs it going door, door to door. Girl, talk well, about, I mean, why, what? And, I mean, uh, they've actually said before we get, even get into that is that the Pfizer vaccine, they, this is from Israel, you know, which is where yeah. they're seeing a, a whole lot of this. Like the Pfizer vaccine is down the, to 64% protection against the Delta variant, okay? That's down from 95.3% effectiveness in May with the Alpha variant, okay? Which is more prevalent. So now the Delta is more prevalent. So now there, it's still preventing people from hospitalizations and deaths, which should be the goal. The goal is not to eradicate the disease. I mean, that would be awesome, but that's probably never gonna happen. But my whole point is, okay, and once again, we're not trying to scare people about the vaccine, but if they know this, that the, it is not as effective and is not protective as, an, uh, as protective, then yet they are trying to, they're using that as a reason to push people, to more people to get the vaccine that is going to be less protective. And even though, Holly, remember we were talking about this, that the CDC is not recommending a booster, but then the FDA is or what is that right isn't well, that what no, we just heard? Pfizer, Pfizer is okay is, is pushing for the booster saying oh now the delta variants here we believe that that booster shot will improve your chances against fighting COVID okay hey guys let's just pretend Delibic red let's let's pretend they're right okay let's just pretend that they're right although we all know now we've gone over in the past the size of the pharmaceutical industry how much money is to be gained was it $156 billion, y'all, something like that? I think it was $156 billion to be gained from these, from these vaccines. Like, so there's a lot of money in this. Um, in fact, I read a quote, and it might have been in the PolitiFact thing that says, you know, they've wasted time and resources and they're losing money when people aren't getting vaccinated. I promise you, like, I'm just sitting right. here and going, anyone else know? Hello, Bueller. Anyone else noticing this? Right, right. But this is what also, y'all, you know, in the part I just read you about when it said, 117 people in England died with the Delta variant, including 44 who were unvaccinated. Literally, they quote the doctor who says it's too early to assess the, the, the case fatality ratio yet, but this is the exact next paragraph that PolitiFact writes. Experts pointed out, experts pointed out that lower case fatality rates would be expected simply because so many people have been vaccinated in recent months. Okay, but, but if I go back and do math here, 44 were unvaccinated of the 117 that died, which means most people who died were, in fact, vaccinated. Make it make sense. Right. Make it, it make sense to me. It doesn't. And that's why people should, you know, how can you not want to, to question some things? <laughs> how can you not question, right? At this point, I'm like, how are people not questioning? Well, just immediately given into the, the, Delta, the Delta variant, deadly, fear. Yeah, yeah, fear. Vaccine, done. I think it's like, just like, just be... I think people, there are even people who are considering 
the, the vaccine now because of the Delta variant and they felt fine before because of this fear. And look, if that's what, if that is what your choice is, then go for it, but don't do it because the media is telling you, like, please do your research. I think it's just stop, take a breath and really look at the facts and look at the science and look at the numbers and see like what, and, and look at your, your own health, you know, like what your that's right because it, you no know, ratio that's what you can look at and you know when we start talking about go ahead i was just no i was just gonna exactly to piggyback off just what you said or to add this in kristen then you can just continue but the the exact quote in here from the doctor says many factors contribute to death from covid including age comorbidities and deprivation so exactly what go back to what you said kristen Everyone, first of all, we are not medical doctors. We are not trying to give medical advice. No. We, we exist to help you navigate information to think for yourself, to decide for yourself. We believe in autonomy. We believe in medical autonomy, okay? So you got to decide this for yourself. But there are factors that lead to being higher risk. And one of the questions that we've asked ourselves too is, where are the people, if they are so concerned about health and survival of this virus, where is the news? Where are the government officials? Where are the experts who are saying vitamin D, lose weight, get outside, exercise, vitamin C, zinc, things they know that empower the human body to fight this disease on its own. Where is that? Obesity and diabetes are one, and hyper, hypertension, a lot of these are the biggest comorbidities included in COVID-related deaths, okay? And I always say COVID-related deaths because we don't even know what actually, if COVID actually caused a lot of these deaths because they've admitted just if you die with COVID, they put it as a COVID-related COVID death. Where's the public health, you know, information, huge, why, don't, why aren't we knocking on everybody's door, giving them ideas on healthy eating? healthy eating habits and how to look at labels on food, exercise ideas. That is what we need. Well, didn't the CDC just you know? update the, something about the comorbidities? Yes, that the comorbidities are the average people that, what was it, 95%, 94% had four comorbidities or more. From like, what was four. It? I just looked at that the other day. It used to be three. It, it used, used to, be, to three. be three or more. And then now they've now updated they to said four. four. So okay, this is that again, because I feel like that <laughs> might have gone slam over somebody's head. Say that one more time. Okay. And when we say comorbidities, y'all, that means you have other health conditions that can contribute to it. So if you have asthma, if you have high blood pressure, if you have high cholesterol, if you have obesity or even overweight, if you have diabetes, a lot of these factors contribute to, you know, your risk and exacerbating the, the symptoms. Okay. So what it said on the CDC site was that it was for, I'll have to look um, at the screenshot. I think I took it somewhere, but it's for comorbidities or more people who died of COVID. And I think it was like maybe 94%, 95%, but a very big, big factor. Okay. So a big these, number. These are the people who who when we when when they say we're going door to door to make sure every American gets vaccinated. Well, we've already shown in previous episodes that it's this this vaccine might be safe for most. It's not safe for all. There's the, there's it's it's got the highest reported adverse reaction rate of any vaccine ever. Does it not? Am I, I'm not. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's huge. By a country mile, right? So far. Okay. Yep. So when they're saying every. Maybe let's just say maybe there are some um, there are some people who would benefit 
from getting this vaccine. According to their scientific research, there are people who have comorbidities who perhaps this would help. What we, what I would say, I won't even speak for the girls here. I would say, okay, but if I'm a person who has no comorbidities, if I'm a person who says, I've historically, I haven't had the flu, I don't think since I was, I think, seven years old. I've been very blessed to be a healthy individual. I do try to eat right. I exercise every day. Um, I don't have risk factors. I'm 46 years old. I will roll the dice and take my chances because the risk for me, having had a one thing, I had blood clots in pregnancy, uh, that puts me at risk of blood clots in the future. Therefore, I don't want, that's a big side effect with these vaccines. It's not a risk I'm going to take. I should have the right to choose that and not be called bullied. I should not be called not caring about my neighbor because nothing can be further from the truth. I'm also a person, if I have a symptom of anything, I do stay home. I don't send my kids to school sick. I'm one of those, okay? But don't, shouldn't, aren't we at this place that we can respect that? Or have we let fear so taken over us that we're no longer critically thinking? We're right. no longer looking at information objectively and going, wait a minute, what do I really need to be afraid here? Or are we caught up in the wave of emotion and fear? And we're now saying to everybody, hey, I did it, so you do it. Is that where we're at? So I did find it. I have, I have, yes, and I have the screenshot here. So from the CDC, um, it said the number of deaths that mention one or more of the conditions indicated is shown. This is in a, the chart. It said for over 5% of these deaths, COVID-19 was the only cause mentioned on the death certificate. Mm -hmm. For deaths with conditions or causes in addition to COVID-19, on average, okay, this is on average, okay, there were four additional conditions or causes per death for data on deaths involving COVID-19 by time period, jurisdiction, and other health conditions. So, so um, only 5% of COVID deaths were just, just COVID. COVID. Like they didn't have any other issues. Okay. Like that was the only thing that caused it. And then so, we've, also, we've also recognized that now we do know to treat COVID earlier, right? There are right. treatments, the more effective treatments now, uh, a myriad of treatments now. But nobody's talking about that. We know that. We know that. But the we doctors that. that are trying to say that are being censored. So exactly. because they can't get the emergency authorization if there are other therapies available. So again, guys, here's here's what we're going to suggest. This is our hypothesis. We're going to put out this, there. This is our theory. This is our, our theory. Opinion. theory. <laughs> the theory is is if you have very effective treatments then you cannot have emergency use authorization for vaccines. This is part of the- now, That's the, not a theory. That's actually part of the yeah, criteria. Part, okay, the, yeah, let's state facts first. So that's a fact. Our theory is why would they want, if there is $156 billion or whatever that number was, and we can go back and fact check that one more time, in vaccines by 2025, in the specific COVID vaccines, there's that much money in it. Why would they want there to be a treatment? when they can usher in not only the money, but this new technology of a vaccine. There, there is a force that doesn't want this to really be widely known. And, and that's very hard for people like us who assume we have positive intent. We assume positive intent in other people. We can't imagine that people would not care that other people died so that they could financially gain. But mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you that's real. Mm -hmm. um, it's been real in human history 
it's still real today. We're not saying that that's what's happening. That is our hypothesis around it. it is what makes sense as we've done a deeper dive on this. Well, and I think in my, personally for me, and I know you guys probably agree, it's like the weirder and the more desperate it gets, yeah. the, the less I want anything to do with it, okay? It starts with the donuts, the less in prison sentences, the lotteries, just giving money away. It's all the celebrities on TV. Ice cream for kids. I got the jab. What were you doing when you got the jab? Do it, do it for everyone. Like all this like craziness. Um, and then now it's door to door. And now it's rappers changing their rap songs to vax that thing up. And the more and more and more, like I, I'm like, isn't this widely available to anybody who wants it? I mean, seriously, like, can you not go into like CVS, Harris Teeter, like mm -hmm. anywhere you want to go, like commercials, every other commercial is about the vaccine, do it, do it for your, your neighbor. It's like, the more you push that, you're turning people like me mm -hmm. in oh, the opposite direction. Oh, well, here's the thing too. They're, they're saying that they're going to go door to door weird. to inform too people. Weird. And I'm like, unless they have been living under a rock, who the heck fire, so I don't, so it's not explicit. <laughs> Who does not know about the vaccine in this country? Like, unless you are living under a rock, I don't know how you do not know about the vaccine. We've gone from fear to censorship, to propaganda, to shame. And now I think our biggest fear is force. Mm -hmm. and, and, that, and that's, I think, why we all feel this urgency to share this message. And it's not even a message because guys, we don't, we don't have all the answers and I can't emphasize that enough, but we have enough questions and enough information and facts that lead us to believe nobody should be blindly trusting any of this right now. And the only way you can make an informed decision for you, which you are still free to do, is to get informed. And You've got to do the work too. Is they wipe out one side of the conversation completely so people can't get informed. When, completely deleting and I also I mean, yeah that's... yeah and when we go when we start talking about if their agenda is public health and helping everybody and contain this disease and you know all this stuff can we bring up the border can we talk about how Holly you just had to get pay to get your yeah. to come back from Mexico yeah. um because you went and traveled there on vacation yeah. and anybody in, in the United States that leaves the country and has to come back you have to have a negative test Yep. We have, is it over a million, over a million, over a million people have people crossed, have crossed the, border. the border. Okay. Year. My question is if they are really concerned, yeah. are they, are they testing them? Are they offering the vaccine and informing them yep. about the vaccine? Before they I mean, I haven't seen or heard that. Um, maybe they are. I would love to see it. Somebody let us know. Like, are, are they being COVID tested? The millions of illegal immigrants that have come through. Um, no, the answer to that would be no. Oh, and, okay. and that would be my assumption. Okay, so then my question would be why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. why, why go door to door to the Americans that already know all about this yep. or, or they've, they've, they know enough to have already made their decision. It's been available for months. Yes. To everybody. Yeah. Why are they not focusing there? Yeah. I mean, so there's, that's just another, just another thought. Well, it don't make sense. Okay. If the goal is to get rid of COVID, if the goal is to keep people from dying, why isn't there more education on prevention? Why isn't there more news on prevention, which we know works? Why isn't there more news on therapeutics to work? Why aren't there more news on prophylactics that work? And when guys, when we share this data, we're talking studies of thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are proving the same 
-hmm. The same thing, time and time and time again. There are treatments for COVID that are highly effective. There and are prophylactics that, plactic, prophylactics that have mm -hmm. been proven to be very effective. Where is the news on that? All I hear is Delta variant, masks, and vaccination. That is yeah. all I hear. That's and because it doesn't make money. We know that. Yeah. It doesn't make money. Right. It doesn't make money. And, and here's the thing. Until and unless Americans wake up mm -hmm. to this reality that you cannot afford to blindly trust every new source on anything, on any, literally anything, You've got to ask yourself more questions. Does it make sense to you? If and, it makes you think, yes, then think. Then think. Then think. Learning. Last thing as we close this out, we, we we've been seeing schools talking about reopening. Because guys, here we are. We're already mid July almost. Schools are going to be opening here. Our son goes back early August. Um, they've pretty much already said at his private school that they're. I don't think they're not going to be masking. Um, but they're a private school, and um, we'll see. We'll see how that rolls out. There are schools now saying if the children are vaccinated, they don't have to mask up. But there's been no studies on this vaccine in children, right, until maybe now. But historically, not. We've waited. We've even had the WHO say, pretty much was it last week, mm, we're not going to say children should be vaccinated yet. Yeah. And yet we're going to now go force parents' hands who so desperately don't want their kids to have to wear a mask. Also, you're going to send children where already you got bullying and immature brains at work, and they're going to point at all the kids with masks on, why aren't you vaccinated? Like, think about that pressure. What are we doing? What, what are, are we doing? doing? I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a hot topic for me. And they're even, well, look, they're even talking about still wearing a mask even if you're vaccinated. So it really doesn't even. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean Okay, let me just read this. Let's, let's all marinate on this just real quick. Let's, let's put on our thinking caps. Get your thinking caps Okay, on. ready? Ready? Okay. Remember to get vaccinated or a vaccinated person might get sick from the virus they got vaccinated against because you're not vaccinated. Moment of silence. Things that make you go, hmm. But that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at in this. That's a, that's a little bit of the logic. Like as we as we, right. we sort through this, it's like this is what we're coming up against. Just right. Okay, wait, am I vaccinating for me or am I vaccinating for my neighbor? Do I you know, who's at risk? Who's not at risk? Am I gonna die? I mean, you guys, I think sometimes if I were to watch the news and not know any other numbers behind it, I would think I'm at high risk of dying of COVID. Right. Well, and this is where this comes in to like with the school thing. It's like teachers have had ample opportunity. To be, to be vaccinated Same and you get workers. vaccinated so that you are protected are protected right that's yeah. the reason why anybody would get vaccinated right yeah. i would think yeah. so then why should kids have to be vaccinated if you're protected as a teacher and then, the, you know right I mean, and the mask thing too and and let's also bring up the fact that let's see what did i say um ages zero to 17 if we want to look at the facts and look at the numbers and really think about the risk you know versus benefit we already talked about comorbidities most children do not have these other factors yet you know some may some might but let's look at that ages zero to 17 okay just in the year 2021 january to now there have been 133 covid related deaths 
okay? Then once again, COVID related, 133. Now I am not, you know, I am sad for every single one of those deaths and those families that have experienced that, okay? But the fact that that is all in this whole year, okay? Now, and let's look at even entire, the entire year from 2020 till now, 331, okay? COVID related deaths for that age group, ages zero to 17. That and y'all, when they when you look at the CDC, of all deaths, all deaths in that age group, forty nine thousand forty seven. Okay, three hundred thirty one of those were COVID related. So if we just want to look at like what are the chances, but then once again, it's like so that's like where's the evidence for enforcing or forcing um, vaccines for them? Okay, and then you know when you talk about the masking when teachers are already vaccinated. Right. And then what were you, you were listening to a podcast the other day about that. Um, one of the doctors talking about this is how many deaths that we've had, like 331 yeah, for the whole pandemic, kids for the whole pandemic. And then Dr. Our, Marty McKay, I think, and he's John Hopkins uh, School of Medicine professor. Just to give you a little uh, perspective and reference, he said about 500 children die each year from the common cold. RSV. RSV. Which is RSV. A, yeah. Mm -hmm. Five, yeah. which is a common cold symptom, you know, com a severe common cold. So more kids die each year from that than have died. We ought to look up how many die of the flu because we do know that the flu can be very risky. Well, I tried to look that up, but you know, they didn't really track flu last oh, year. Last year, So we would have to look at 2019. And we should even mention that Singapore, right? Did we just see oh, Singapore? Yeah. They're not even going to be tracking coronavirus now they're only going to be tracking flu <laughs> yeah th yeah they said they're going to treat it as if it's the flu um I, I, you know I, I did I had some friends who the family came down with COVID last week or the week before and um and, and guys we've known a lot of people who've gotten COVID and uh, the quote from from my friend truly and this is out of the blue truly when she said I can't believe we've shut down the world for this she said it was like the flu and, you know, nobody likes to say that. Nobody wants to hear that because, yes, one death too many. But but here's the also the reality. We can't pretend that death isn't a part of life. Like, sadly, I think sometimes we've got caught in this. Nobody can die. Nobody can die. But sadly, for all of us, that is our reality. All of us, it's an inevitable reality for every single one of us. We're not getting out of here alive. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. So, no, yes, we want to prevent death. Yes, so if we really mean that, let's go back to prevention. I think we need to do an episode on health. Right, <laughs> on we do, absolutely. On prevention of these things, on treatment of these things, not a one-size-fits-all vaccine that ain't fair and well for every single soul that's got it. Risk benefit, back to risk benefit. Go back to, that. Go back to science and numbers. Right, right. So anything you got girls want to leave our... our, our our audience. I mean, we could talk for hours. Yeah, but there's so much. There's just so much. Um, I don't know. I wanted to. Uh, what was that? Where was that quote that we just that I sent y'all? The um, the I loved at the end where it said, they said it until knowledge becomes so pervasive, it creates a herd immunity against fear. Yes, I think that's what we need. We need. That's what we need. We need the herd immunity of knowledge. Yes. Okay. Against fear, and yes. we can leave it with that. You yes. know, yes. <laughs> knowledge truly is Let's power a and new empowering. Herd, herd immunity. Yes. Herd immunity. It's called information <laughs> and knowledge and wisdom that battles fear. Yes. 
Thank you guys so much for joining us this Thank week. Thank you. Promise have a new topic. Well, we think we're going to have a new topic next week. Uh, and then we hope you join us then. Okay. Talk to us on email. You can reach us on email. You can reach us on Instagram. Now we have a new Facebook page. You can follow us there too. Love hearing from you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, 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 oh,